Artists and creatives, you have the power to heal, transform, and elevate lives. Are you ready to step into your power? Welcome to Superfan Attraction. Oh, and welcome to Superfan Attraction, personal branding for artists and creatives. Today I have my first return guest. Uh, Katie Chen Mazzaro was on my podcast a couple years ago, a few years ago now, and she's a financial coach for creatives. Since I found myself coaching different clients on money, mindset, and childhood traumas that sometimes contribute to that, I was reminded of, I was totally channeling her when I was coaching my clients on these thing, and you could hear um in the episode with Stacy Marie Kiba we talked about money issues money mindset issues so if you want to hear me coaching someone on that you can go back and listen to that but yeah i wanted to have Katie on because she's the expert and everything i've learned from her taking her program and coaching with her and i'll let you know a little bit about her here's her so, Katie Chimizaro is a certified trauma-informed financial wellness coach and graduate of UC Berkeley's personal financial planning program. As a former freelance TV producer, Katie understands the balance between dreaming and doing. She helps creative freelancers and entrepreneurs release traumas and fears so that they can find emotional and financial freedom and trauma informed is also a theme in the more recent episodes so we're we're just gonna go with it and because it's so important trauma and since even just in the last month i've gotten a certificate in trauma-informed coaching and I want to further my own knowledge. So I asked Katie about her experience. She did a more intensive um, trauma-informed training and certification. So I wanted to hear a bit about that. And then also why she was drawn to taking the trauma-informed training and also you know, the challenges that us artists and creatives have when it comes to financial issues. We want to avoid it. I know I do. And um, and Katie is someone that a few years ago when she was launching her program, at first, the financial stuff, I'll admit, I wanted to run away from. I was kind of tuning out when she's talking about the financial stuff. But then when she coached someone and you got to witness her coaching someone through money mindset issues and connecting with childhood trauma, it it sold me. I was like, oh, I need to work with this woman. And so I was in her program for two years and I don't know, I might even do it again. And uh, because it was so valuable, the there's the core training, but then there's also the coaching sessions and the group coaching sessions and the guest speakers. And her program is Financial Freedom for Creatives Club. And we do talk about that in the episode as well. Um, but definitely, if you're catching this in time, in early December, she's having workshops that are free. You can sign up. So I highly recommend, even if you're not even thinking about joining a financial freedom program, get into her world. Take this workshop and, you know, see what she's about because she really understands us creatives. And that's what sets her apart as a financial coach. Because she understands being a creative and an artist where we have, you know, we don't have steady income. It's up and down, up and down, and how to survive that and how to connect with your mindset and the trauma that lives in your body that's maybe holding you back. So highly recommend that. But for now, let's get into the conversation I had with Katie.
Katie, welcome to the show. You're the first uh, repeat guest I've had. Oh, I'm so honored. And <laughs> it's been a few years since you were on the the podcast, yeah. and I've been wanting to have you on again mm. and catch up with you. And so maybe give a little introduction to who you are, what you do, and why you do it, and all that good stuff. Amazing. Yes. Well, I'm a financial wellness coach. I'm a trauma-informed financial wellness coach, and I help creative freelancers and entrepreneurs make more, worry less about it, and achieve true financial freedom so that you can create the life of your dreams. And the reason I do what I do is twofold. One, I was a freelance TV producer for about 15 years. So I really understand the ups and downs of the industry and having to find a job and then not have a job for, you know, however long it was. And so I really want to help creative people to make this a lot easier in their lives. And then the second reason I do what I do is a little bit more personal. It is uh, because I've known three women in my life who stayed in abusive relationships because they didn't have the resources to take care of themselves and their young children. So they felt like they were stuck and they couldn't get out of it. And so my mission has been to empower people to make decisions not based on money. Instead, I want you to make decisions based on the dreams that you have for yourself. And if you have children to, to be able to help your children to fulfill their dreams as well. Cool. And you've recently, I'm curious about the trauma informed. Mm. I recently got a certificate in trauma-informed mm -hmm. as well, but probably mm -hmm. not as in-depth as yours. Um, so <laughs> let's hear more about what made you, what inspired you to get that certification and why did you choose whatever school or whatever it is that you chose? Mm -hmm. All that all came about. Yeah. So when I've, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of work and I have a background in like inner child work and those kinds of things that I bring into the process because as children, we don't really understand the concept of money, right? Because money isn't really real. <laughs> you know, we as humans made up the concept of money. And so as children, we've experienced so many different aspects of like, you know, let's say it's just your parents were fighting about money all the time. Or um, for me, it was, you know, a couple of different things. My dad, every time the taxes would roll around the year during the year he would be at the kitchen table frustrated and angry while he was doing his taxes and you know and then my parents would fight about money all of, all of the time and then i also had a grandmother who was you know she had some money but she also was very tight with her money and she would accuse everybody of stealing her money all of the time. And there was a time in our lives when we were younger that she, you know, there was a day where she came out of her, the guest bedroom and she was like, oh, you know, somebody stole my money. I put it underneath the mattress and it's gone. And instead of the fun thing we were going to do that day, she ended up like, you know, making us all like look for her money. To this day, I still have no idea where that money went. And then, however, as an adult, I started to to really remember those moments and say to myself, I don't ever want to be like her. And so I'm going to just do the opposite, right? Which isn't necessarily healthy either, because the opposite was as soon as it came in, it all went out, you know? So there is a lot of things that whether it's big trauma with the capital T, like the things that I was talking about with, you know, the three women in my life who stayed in those abusive relationships, or it's a smaller T, right? Like small traumas actually can also happen um, so that it informs how you're behaving now. And until you get to those the root of those issues, right? And you're willing to kind of dig deeply and um, unearth them and bring them up to the surface. And then also learn how to release them from your body, then it's really, you know, it, it can 
keep you stuck into the same patterns that you've been doing over and over again. Even if you're saying, I'm doing all the things, I'm doing all the practical things, right? Like I'm reading all the books and I'm taking all the courses and all of the stuff. And it may still not um, help you to make more money or to be able to take down, you know, to pay off your debts or to save and invest more in your future because um, those other pieces are trying to keep you from doing the things that it feels like it's, you know, it, you feel like you're in danger, right? In those senses. And so that's why it wants to, you to stay in the same place and, you know, be uh, just comfortable on the couch, you know, not doing anything and making changes in your life. You know, so that is the main reason I did that. And I went through a program called Elementum and it was a nine month program at the time. I don't know if it's still a nine month program. It might be even longer now because I think they felt like it was too short or maybe it was, yeah, something like that. And, um, and it was very intense. It was, you know, um, not only were we learning all of the processes of what it means to be trauma-informed, what it means to somatically release uh, these experiences and traumas from your body. And it, it was also a process of taking ourselves through this, right? And, you know, because they always talk about how, you know, you can't actually get someone else through a process if you haven't actually been through it or, or released it from your own body. Right. And one of my things that I worked through was my visibility, um, issues, right? Like I have a, you know, I have a thing where it was very, very challenging for me um, a couple of years ago to even do lives or uh, to do any kind of thing that was like, um, I felt like I was putting myself out there in so many ways. And, you know, and that was something I worked through in that nine months. And now I feel, you know, pretty confident about doing that. And I, I mean, definitely don't have the same kinds of fears. I definitely feel like I'm, you know, on the other side of all of that. Yeah. Like I had the same thing with visibility and like spend my life trying not to be noticed because that's yeah. scary like you know yes. and so now you want me to go on camera <laughs> yes. yeah right. so that again was a big challenge for me but again the more you do it the more you get used to it and you're mm -hmm. like oh whatever now um but the trauma informed coaching the one i did was very it was more shorter it's mm -hmm. it was 20 hours um mm -hmm. and it was free uh, it was the Center for Healing, and it's cool. Two guys from Australia that just thinks it's so important that people are trauma informed that they're mm. offering this, and then they have bigger courses that if you want to get mm. more into it. Um, I find the trauma informed. It's such a serious, and because like it's same in the coaching is that you oh I'm a certified coach but you might've just taken like a, a day program <laughs> or someone else has bought done for years, mm. whatever. But when I think when you're dealing with the word trauma informed, mm -hmm. like that's serious. And mm -hmm. so like, I even felt weird about putting trauma informed. I kind of want to say trauma sensitive. Cause I, I actually read a really good description of that. Of there is a difference for sure. Yeah, before I took the program, I was like, I, I saw this description of it, and I was like, definitely in the trauma sensitive. But then after I finished the program, I read it again, and went, oh, I'm here now. I'm trauma informed now. <laughs> but I also yes. will be the first to say that I don't really want to be that person that really does the trauma work. <sighs> it's more, I attract people as clients who have trauma. And often I'm the first person they're, they've, they're telling. And I just wanted to learn enough to, you know, as it is, it's a safe space. But like, and I've been lucky that, you know, nobody's, you know, gotten too far traumatized. But mm -hmm. I just want to be that, take that responsibility and be prepared so that it is a safe space. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I did it. And I'm learning, even though I'm finished, I still... I'm reading books about it and, mm. and I want to learn more. And also I think mm -hmm. I learned I'm not healed. <laughs> oh no. 
No. I mean, I don't even believe in like, okay, that we're, we can actually just heal ourselves like that. You know, <laughs> it's like, um, I always think about it as sort of a cone, right? Like the bottom at, at first, when you're working through something that, you know, you're, you've been going through your whole life, it's like really wide at the base. And the more that you've been working on it, it gets smaller and smaller at the top of the cone, right? It gets, you know, but it's still there. It's just, you're, and you're circling the same thing, but it's just hopefully at the top of it, it's just gets smaller. And then it takes less time for you to dwell in it, right? You you can recover from that place a lot easier. Yeah. I'm curious to know also what approach that program took in the sense of the one I took was kind of anti-traditional therapy and it's all about the body and mm -hmm. getting in touch with that. And I think that's where I was like, oh, I haven't even done that kind of work. <laughs> I have tons of trauma in my body and I just try to avoid it and it's all in the head. And right. so oh, I did, do you want to learn more about that? But was it more about the body connection? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, because what they really teach is that, you know, you can do a lot of therapy and they're not anti-therapy. I think that there is a place and a time for therapy. And I think like, you know, there are, and it's, it's a very interesting distinction that, you know, I think coaches need to be aware of, you know, even if you are trauma-informed, you are not to go yeah. into those spaces where, a therapist, a licensed therapist who, you know, who have um, really been trained to go into, you know, th those are the things that you need to know, right? Like, wh yeah. what is that line? Um, and in terms of the body, they, you know, they talk about how sometimes if you're just talking and talking and talking in therapy, right? Like, yes, it can feel like you're doing the work and you're getting it out and all of those things. However, trauma lives in our bodies. Yeah. And until it actually releases from our bodies, it doesn't really um, create a major shift and change. And that's why so many times like people can stay in therapy for years and years and decades and decades. Yeah. Because I think years ago, I did a lot of different therapy programs or trauma healing and everything. But now I look back at it in the last couple of years, like getting to know some of the coaches that we know that there's, there's a whole world of new or older um, processes that connect to the body. Yes. And I'm like, I don't think we did any of that in those programs <laughs> that I did back then. We did, we did art therapy, and, mm. but it was mostly talk. Mm -hmm. And mm. so it's, I'm interested in learning about the different um, modalities that you can. Absolutely. Teach. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I think for me personally, I am somebody who is probably more in my mind than I am in my body. And so it was a really cool reminder. And then it was, help, it helped me to do a process where now I, you know, I have different modalities and ways to get it out of my body um, and to really do that. And it feels so different. It actually feels more expansive. Like all of a sudden after doing some of the, the work, it's like I can breathe more easily and I can feel so good in my body right afterwards, you know, and instead of sometimes like, yeah, you're just dealing with the mind and you're just talking, talking, talking through it. It's like, it's still kind of stuck there and I can't, um, and I'm just reliving it over and over again in my mind. Yeah. So what are the different modalities that you learned or you, that you put into your work with clients? Is it like I've, some people are do the tapping thing. I don't know about that either yet. I want to learn more about that. <laughs> what are the different modalities that you learned that you mm -hmm. want to or have put into your practice with clients? Yeah, well, we definitely didn't. We didn't learn tapping. That wasn't one of the things. Ours was more of a somatic approach. And so there are different ways of doing, um, of opening, whether or not it's like, um, we go into a process of like going deeply into your body, really checking in, first of all, in where in your body it's located. 
And then what does it feel like and look like and what kind of message is it trying to give you? And then it's like wherever it is in your body, that's where you get to work on the release. You know, so it's very different in all of these different areas, right? So let's say, um, oh, you have a headache above your eyes or something right here, right? Then there is a, um, a very rapid kind of eye movement modality that you can use, right? Or if it's in your shoulders and it feels like, you know, you're carrying the weight of the world on there, <laughs> you know, then there are um, shoulder releases, right? And, and some of it is even just in the self-massaging as you are releasing whatever it is that you're feeling, right? Like, you know, we can talk about, oh, you know, yes, I'm feeling in this moment that, you know, I... I have a lot of work to do, right? Or I'm, you know, like I always have to work so hard in order to make money or something, right? And I'm feeling it in my shoulders. And then I can actually say those things and rub my shoulders, like get those knots out while I'm doing it. And then that helps in terms of connecting your, your brain and your body in order to release whatever it is that you're working through. Oh, cool. Yeah, these guys were talking more somatic as well, but they didn't get mm -hmm. into the actual, like that was, that's their further program. Yes. <laughs> I right. know where later, um, but I'm curious about that. Um, when did you first kind of, even when I took your program, you were still always starting it off with a meditation and, mm -hmm. and connecting with your body even then. So mm -hmm. When did you first get interested in, were you always interested in meditation? No. <laughs> you were like me, always in the mind. So Yes, yeah, so I was always in the mind. I was, you know, like when I was a TV producer and a journalist, it was like, yeah, I don't think I ever thought about any of that. I think it all switched. Um, it might have been like 10 years ago. Um, 10 years ago, um, there were a lot of things that happened in my life. You know, um, I had a death in the family. I uh, lost a job in the entertainment industry. Um, and then I got a health diagnosis um, that wasn't something I really wanted, of course. And, um, and so that one year, um, you know, I think it was 2016. And that one year was the year of major transformations because I felt like, like what I've been doing before this is not working. And, and then I was also noticing that when I went into therapy, that that wasn't working, you know, like I would talk to my therapist, talk to my therapist. And then I feel like I felt the same or I felt just as crappy. And, and then I felt really stuck. I felt like, you know, nothing I was doing was working. And then everything in my life was sort of blowing up and, you know, in a, in a, like, you know, it's not, in some ways it wasn't real, but in some ways it was right. And so, however, those were the things that I felt in my mind and body. And so then I started to look for other modalities of doing things. And first I went through, um, transcendental meditation. Um, and if anybody does that, you know, that it's, um, you actually have to pay for it. It's not a free meditation thing and you go and get training on it and they give you a, uh, a mantra, like each person's supposed to have like a very specific mantra to them. I don't know if that's really true or not. Cause I'm sure if we did talk about it, like we all probably have the same mantra. Um, and, and then, um, that was like, I mean, I had an experience through that, um, one time when I was doing the meditation where it, it really kind of took me out of my body and I started to feel like, I, I don't know, like, it, I mean, this, I've never actually talked about this, so, <laughs> so forgive me if it does goes into this really strange woo-woo place. Um, but it, um, it really felt like an out-of-body experience. It felt like I was um, floating above myself and really observing myself. And I was like, whoa, like, what is that? And, and also, it made me realize there was something else that I don't really know, right? Like, I grew up going to 
you know, a Southern Baptist church for crying out loud. <laughs> um, so, so this other stuff, you know, you, you kind of like growing up Baptist, you're like, no, we don't believe in that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but then when it happened, I was like, oh, there is something here, you know? And so I started to go into more different modalities of spirituality and really understanding and understanding from this place of like curiosity and, and like, what is this? And, and what do other people believe in and how do people do things? Right. So, so then it wasn't just the meditation. It was also like, um, more of a personal development journey that I went on, you know, and then I did a, a retreat, a, you know, a spiritual, like personal development retreat and, you know, and went even deeper, like all of these things kind of led me to that place and then realized very quickly that after I did a financial planning certification at UC Berkeley, you know, that was a very practical kind of certification. Then I realized when I was working with clients, it's like, it's not just those practical things, right? It's not that that really helps to move things forward. Because if it was just practical, first of all, none of us would fight about money. And and money is the number one reason most couples get divorced and fight over, right? And then second of all, um, if it wasn't an emotional piece, you know, of with your money, then, you know, you can, you can read all the books about it, right? The books that other people talk about, even I love the book, um, the uh, personal finance for dummies. I actually think it's very good. It's very great in terms of the practical stuff. Um, and so if it wasn't emotional and if it's not about changing habits, then you can read those books and implement them and it's all it's all going to work out. (laughs) You're going to be, you know, a multimillionaire, right? All of the things. However, because it is emotional, then that's where I started to, okay, I got to go back to, you know, getting certified, you know, in these more spiritual modalities that I, you know, and emotional places, right? Like, and, and I think like, that's why right now, even the idea of a financial therapist, um, that's like a growing field. You know, I've seen so many different people going into that because of, you know, exactly what we're talking about, right? Like, you know, the habits that you've created, the things that we grew up learning in childhood, like that hasn't, you know, that completely makes us like, um, like we're still five years old when it comes to money sometimes, <laughs> yeah. right? Like we don't understand it. We don't know what to do with it. All we know is that um, like, it seems like it's the only way to survive, <laughs> you know? So then you put this importance on it. Yeah. And you help creatives and artists and that's really probably a bigger struggle for mm-hmm. creatives. Cause we just want to create. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Avoid all that, you know, the stuff we should do, the stuff we, you know. Yes. So what are some of the mistakes that you see artists and creatives making when it comes to their financial? I I would say, I know mine is avoiding, but (laughs) do all creatives and artists avoid the whole money thing? I think most do until it becomes more of a painful (laughs) subject, right? It becomes, you know, um, you know, I think if you're, if you're somewhat good with your money, right? Like if you're somebody who, oh, you know, you pay your debt, you know, pay off your bills and you don't really accrue debt, then you, you can go like years and years and years without having to work with anybody or to dive into the subject deeper, right? Um, However, I think it gets to a point where then it feels a little frustrating, feels, you know, like kind of like when, you know, 2016 happened and all this stuff happened to me. Um, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm stuck, right? I don't know what to do anymore. And I feel like, yeah, now I got to start over or whatever. And so then it's like, okay, now I got to find somebody to help me, right? To make this a little bit easier. Um, Because, you know, sometimes when you're stuck, it's like, if you keep trying to do the things all by yourself, it actually 
can make things worse um, or just kind of keep you in this place of like, nothing's working out, you know, like, and, and that's, that's a hard place. And then the other thing I would say when, you know, you asked like what I see over and over again is really buying into a belief, right? The belief that like in our society, the belief system in the Western world is that, you know, you have to starve for your art, right? You have to, um, you know, be a starving artist. Um, that's how everyone starts and, you know, all the things. And then the other belief is that you have to work really, really hard in order to get where you want to go. Right. I do believe, and there is a piece of work that you do have to make, right? Like you can't just with, especially with money, you can't just put up vision boards and, <laughs> and manifest it that way. Right. Because money is so earthly, um, in, you know, so there is some work that you do have to put in. However, the, the belief system is so important because, you know, there is a spiritual teacher that I work with, Michael Beckwith, who always says, you don't get what you believe you, or you don't get what you want. You get what you believe. Right. And if you think about that, it's like, it's so deep because it's, you know, our belief system really colors your world, right? Like if you believe that, um, like the world is out to get you, <laughs> And that you, you know, there's nothing that you can personally, like you have no personal uh, control over anything, then though that's what you're going to be finding the evidence for over and over again in your life, right? And then when you find those, the evidence for that, then you're kind of putting yourself into a cycle of all of the time. You're like, yep, I know that that's true because this is, you know, this is the experience that I have right? Versus, okay, if your belief system is that, you know, things do work out for me, right? And then you're also looking for the evidence of that in the world. And then things do show up for you in, in very different ways than someone who believes the other thing, right? So your belief system is so, so important when it comes to anything you're doing, and especially as a creative person, because, and, and in the entertainment industry, right. Or in the music industry that where you, you started from, right. Um, it's like, because there is no set path to getting to the place where you want to go. Like my dad was an engineer, right? So there's like a set path of like, okay, you do X, Y, Z, and you'll get to the place where you want to go. Yeah. You know, whereas if you're a musician or an actor or writer, you know, um, there isn't that same exact thing. And so then it's like, it really does rely on your own belief system, you know? And, and I talk about this, I love the story of like how Jim Carrey, you know, like was wrote, wrote a check for himself for $10 million. Right. And then he dated it you know, 10 years in the future. And then exactly the, you know, 10 years later, he actually got 10 million for, I think, Dumb and Dumber, or The yeah. Mask or one of those movies. And, you know, and I said, and then a lot of people will do that, right? A lot of actors will write the check and whatever. And then they're like, well, why didn't it happen for me? Yeah. And it really is around your belief system. You know, I do believe that, you know, there's something about the way Jim Carrey did it and he really, truly believed it, you know, that that is what's going to happen in those 10 years, right? Versus somebody who's just writing it based off of like Jim Carrey's story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard to get that connected to it because sometimes mm -hmm. I'll uh, read about manifestation or take different programs for it and... Mm -hmm but it's hard to get to that core of really believing it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so there's different, what are some different tricks that we could do that <laughs> will have a more belief system? I'm thinking like, I need to put more things like the things that I need to remember on a daily basis, mm -hmm. like putting little notes or mm -hmm. inspirational things or just things to remind you of like, remember. It's yeah, that's very helpful. And it's also helpful to take it step by step, right? Don't go so far into it. It's like, you know, if I say to myself, you know, um, by this time next year, I'm going to make $10 million in my business. 
<laughs> it's like, yes, there's part of me that, that can believe it, but then there is a, you know, a, a huge part of me that really doesn't believe it. Right. And so th that's not the way to actually create that belief system. Instead, it's like, okay, what can you, um, what is the next step and the next step that you can take, right. In order to build up your belief system. Um, the belief system needs to be just one step away from, you know, where you are currently, right? And then you're building into that. And then once you're at that step, then you can go into the next piece of building into that. Yeah. Um, I remember you had this, what, what was your jar thing? Oh, yes. <laughs> jar. What? Yes. What it's called the self-worth jar. I love, I love this. Yeah. The self-worth jar. And it kind of works in the same way. So. Um, I always tell people like a self-worth jar is kind of like compounding interest in your savings account, you know, so um, each day you write something positive about yourself and it almost doesn't matter what you're writing as long as it is positive and it's about you um, because it builds it up, right? Like each and every day that you're doing this, then you're getting closer and closer to believing that, you know, to be true. Like I had a client one time who uh, did this exercise. And then a couple months later, read through what she had written. And she told me, I didn't even recognize who wrote those things. Right. And that's because we're so far removed from our higher selves. And so that's why the practice of doing this daily really helps you to build up into that place where you can start to really believe in that higher self, right? Believe in the place where, um, let's say it's the most um, benevolent like uh, parental figure and who, who really cares about you and loves you unconditionally, right? Um, this is us getting to reparent ourselves in a way, right? Because none of us have perfect parents. And, and, it, and it's... <laughs> um, and then um, it's a way for then for you to get to that place of being like, oh, yes, I unconditionally do love myself. And then I do see my own worth and I know who I am and what I bring to the table. Right. And then whenever you do need a reminder or whatever, you can pull it out and start reading through it. And it's just a practice of building that up. And I think it's such a, um, a beautiful practice for everybody to do, you know, because our, you know, I, I do believe that our self-worth is really tied into our net worth, you know. I was thinking of doing something similar, but for accomplishments, those mm. accomplishments, like, because I work, work, work. And at the end of the year, sometimes you're like, did I accomplish anything? Like, <laughs> and, but meanwhile, I was thinking of having that jar of like, every day, what did you accomplish today? Even mm -hmm. if it's, you know what? I took a self-care day. Yeah. I didn't work at all. <laughs> and having that, that at the end Excuse of the me. year, you could look at it and go, damn, I accomplished a lot. You know, mm -hmm. I was thinking of just putting that into place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think that there are some journals who have things like that too. Like there's a place for that, you know, so that you can also see your success building up as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That could be more in your face, like you could see it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so tell me about your uh, program, Financial Freedom or Creatives. Yeah. So this membership is a year long membership where we um, go into all of these things that we've been talking about. So the emotional places, as well as the practical steps to reaching financial freedom. And, you know, um, a lot of times people are surprised that like we go so deeply into um, the emotional spaces, you know, um, a lot of the hot seat calls are, you know, pretty emotional. People will cry or you know, um, allow themselves to get very vulnerable. And that may feel scary. However, I do believe that, you know, in a group space, part of the, the healing that happens or the, um, the transformations that happen is the fact that you get to be seen and heard. And then also, you know, as Brene Brown's work 
talks about is that, you know, shame and guilt likes to hide in dark corners, right? So then as soon as you're able to, you know, speak up and announce like, this is what I'm going through, then things really start to change in that way. Like a couple of years ago, I had um, a member who, you know, admitted that he had like over a hundred thousand dollars of debt, Right. And he was like, I don't know how I would ever pay it. And he later told me that that was the moment, you know, when he finally said it out loud on one of the calls, that that was the moment that things shifted and changed for him. Right. And then on that call, I gave him some suggestions and one included even bankruptcy and and he said, Oh, that was a thing that kind of woke me up too, was like, Oh, I don't, I don't want that. That's not what I would want. And so I have to figure it out in other ways. And then he was able to manifest actually about 75% of that amount and be able to pay that off during that year in the membership. Right. So, so this is kind of like, yeah, that combination of things that we do. Um, and, you know, we start off with some foundational work, um, really setting your goals and getting clear about what it is that you want, writing out, you know, some of your money stories. And then we go into core values, which is so important because you can start to make decisions based on your core values. And if you're in alignment with it, the spending becomes so much easier. And then you start to spend towards those values rather than um, not towards those values, right? And we go into decluttering your debts and, and savings, you know, um, your own self-worth. Again, we do a lot of practice with that. And, um, and then, you know, towards the end of the year, we really go dive deeper into investments too, you know, so if anybody wants to learn more about investments, you know, um, we definitely do that as well. Um, and then I do it at the end of the year because so many times people are not ready for that at the beginning. And if I started off with investments, like it That's would just investments, everybody like, what did I sign up for? <laughs> it's exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's an artist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And yet, you know, for creatives and artists, I do think it's really important to have, you know, a diversity, you know, to diversify your income, right? Your income streams, diversify the way you're making money, um, have some passive income, you know, streams coming in so that then it doesn't create, you know, so much worry and anxiety. And, um, and then you can create from that space because, you know, it's really hard to be creative when you're in scarcity mode. You've got to get out of scarcity mode in order to create. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, getting out of scarcity mode is actually one of the harder parts because um, you don't have the momentum yet behind you, right? Like once you're in a certain place where it doesn't feel scarce, then you actually have so much more momentum to keep you going um, versus like in the very beginning, right? So that's why I think like, you know, something like my course or, or even something else, like another course, you know, I don't, I think, you know, everybody has, um, different coaches that they can work with that actually really resonates with them. So it's not like I'm advocating just for mine. Um, but I do think it's really great when you're in that place to actually find somebody to help you with that momentum, getting you to that next level, because that's actually the hardest place to be is, you know, when you're in a place where it feels like you're just in survival mode. Yeah. And to be with in a group program with other artists and creatives who, <laughs> Either they've been where you are or they are where you are. Exactly. Exactly. That feels really supportive. Yeah. For most people, everyone talks about that too, is that, you know, the group is the group environment is so, um, so supportive and, and they've, a lot of people have made friends like, um, last year, I think one of the members, they uh, went to Europe or some, went to London and met up with another member. <laughs> And yeah. then they took a photo and sent it to me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so great <laughs> that they're, like, yeah. making friends across the world. <laughs> yeah. And how many years have you had this program now? I think I've been the first two years. Yeah, three years. And this is the third year. And then I'm about to go into the fourth year okay. with it. Have you yeah. found that you've evolved the program or is it still kind of the same kind of thing? Um, it is, it's very, I think 
Well, in some ways it's the same because I do believe in there's a specific process that I like to take. The training part. Yes. Yeah. And then there are some differences as well because I do, um, I like to evolve things as years goes, goes on because I like to ask everybody, okay, well, what was your experience? And, you know, getting that feedback from everyone and then, um, whatever feedback I'm getting, I'd love to incorporate those things, you know, because, the members are the ones that are going through the program each year yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love having like my, my system hasn't, it's been kind of at the core the same, but I, I've realized like how much I've, you know, evolved it and got better at it and got, mm. you know, and so mm. it's, it's always still interesting. Yeah. Me. And I would say that, you know, I mean, I had not gone through the trauma-informed program um, in the f first year. To, I think um, I went through it not last year. I think I did it in 2021, I want to say. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that has shifted and changed a lot of things as well because of yeah. that program that I've gone through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you, you launched the program with a challenge? Uh, no, not for December. Yeah. In August I did, I did do a tap challenge. Yeah. For December, it's going to be a series of workshops, right? So you get to come to one of the workshops and then, um, and I always feel like during these workshops, like I give you a lot, like you can probably walk away with, you know, if you really don't want to sign up for the program, you're going to walk away with a lot of, um, great things you can start implementing right away. And then I, also open it up for questions. So if anyone has anything, you know, I'm really open to hearing what people have to say about that. Um, and it's not one of those fluffy, like, oh, you know, I'm going to sell you something kind of deals, you know, instead, I'm really giving you a lot of um, actionable things that you can implement. So coming up in December, is it um, a multiple day workshop? Or is it one workshop done a few times? Yeah, it's one workshop done a few times. So you get to choose, yeah, which day works best for you. Okay, cool. Um, so we'll put that in the notes for people to sign up and Great. check it out. Awesome. I know I always recommend you to my people and uh, I've you. mentioned you on a few podcasts lately. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There's a trauma-informed theme happening in the mm. latest episodes. So mm. um Hmm. we're going to go with it for a while. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Recently um, you had mentioned working with a client and, um, and you were working with that client on money and it was so cool to hear because I loved, I loved everything that you had told me about it, you know, about how you worked with this client. And I was like, yes, that's and exactly right there too, because that was, like the third or fourth session I'd had mm. on money in mm. that month or so. I'm like, why is everybody keep going? Like this? <laughs> but yeah, I, like multiple clients. That's it's amazing. like, it's such a common thing, yeah. but it was just funny that, you know, I did it with one client and then I swear the next session with a different client, I'm like, we got to go through this again. <laughs> and then with my, client that um i had in the past that i had on their podcast mm -hmm. i had no idea that's where we were gonna go i mm -hmm. i don't know where i don't know what i thought we were talking about but then <laughs> all of a sudden we're into the money thing again and i'm like i'll give it a shot yeah, <laughs> and yeah. definitely well money touches on everything right it's yeah, yeah it's it permeates our whole entire lives and so it's you know it's important yeah it's yeah. good yeah so channeling you <laughs> and everything I've learned just even <laughs> through my own experience. And, mm. and well, I think also her questions were a lot about the business and I'm like, yeah, I'm good at that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and charging, you know, mm -hmm. not working mm -hmm. for free and that kind of stuff <laughs> right. naturally to me, but you yeah. know, the, the getting into the childhood thing, it's like, mm -hmm. it was, it was cool for, mm -hmm. I get into the childhood when I do like the why and your story mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it was like, there was a, a few clients in a row there that it was digging into the money story. Mm -hmm. That's so, so cool. I love that. Yeah. 
I love it. And I, yeah. And when you reached out to me and asked me about it, I was like, oh, and I listened to it and I was like, yes, you did a great job. <laughs> hey, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of times what you're talking about. Yeah. You're all passionate. You want to learn about everything. And so like, that's why even the trauma informed, it's like, or with each of these clients, I said, you know, if you want to dig deeper into the money, go mm -hmm. see Katie. <laughs> I can get you started, but then yes. go see Katie. Yes. And the same with the trauma informed. I plan on being like, you know, I I can help you through this part, but mm -hmm. I'm fully aware. Like even that, I do branding. I don't do graphic design. Mm -hmm. I still will probably send you to a branding, another branding coach that is going to help you with the design of it. And yeah. you know, everyone has their own, you know, specialties. I think that's so cool the community mm -hmm. of coaches that we're a part of yes um, even if it's a different money coach or yeah. a different personal branding coach exactly they might, they might come at it from a completely different way yes just whoever you connect with yeah that's why like even in my program i bring in people guest experts who have the yeah different things you know recently i had um a a certified financial planner who came in who really focused on working with musicians. And I, you know, I love bringing in people who have the different expertise, right? Because he's all about, you know, um, getting you to those retirement goals and the investments. And, and then because he works with musicians, it's, you know, it's a very, um, kind of a good, good, combination of, you know, um, my audience and who he serves as well. Yeah. And I'm from the music world that I'm sure some of the other creatives will, after hearing about musicians go, I don't have it so bad. Musicians <laughs> next to nothing. <laughs> Everyone in Canada, it's so can is the money that you make on your songwriting and publishing. Mm -hmm. And everyone's posting lately, I guess the, the check came in mm -hmm. and everyone's like, I got a dollar 30. I got 34 cents. I got $2. I got $3.50. <laughs> so yeah, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Anything else you want to share? I think we covered a lot. Yeah, I think we did too. No, I think, um, I mean, I just want to say, you know, you can make this part of your life a lot easier so that then you can be even more creative, right? And, you know, I really believe that once you have your financial pieces in place, then um, it helps you to go into other places in, in a more confident way um, and be and make the kind of money that you really want to make doing what you love. Yeah, I think I talk about that when I talk about figuring out your why and your purpose because I know I'm not money motivated but mm. if you can tap into what you really want and why you want it look yes. at all the good you could do if you yes. had more money if you had more freedom mm -hmm. absolutely thank you so much I hope everyone joins your workshop or if you listening to this late still go check out katie and all that she does thank you so much for having me diane thanks for listening to Superfan attraction if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave a review so that others can find this show as well to connect with me i'm diane foy arts on all socials and in the Superfan attraction group on facebook